You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, what's up? I'm former Bills receiver Stevie Johnson, and you're listening to Nate and the fellas on the Circle in the Wagon podcast. It's only one way to roll. That's through the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us in another off-season episode. We have a ton of great things to talk about uh, with you guys, uh, we are going to discuss the Ed Oliver extension that just happened. Uh, got a, a four-year extension for $68 million. We're going to talk about that, our thoughts on that, Bill's Mafia's thoughts on that. We're going to talk a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's officially released now, but you know there's rumors still swirling about him coming and not coming here. So we'll see about that. We'll talk about that. Von Miller made some interesting predictions on when he thinks he's going to come back. To the Buffalo Bills. We're going to discuss that as well. And then maybe some, oh yeah, oh yeah, the Bills signed up Brandon Shell, right tackle Brandon Shell. So we'll get into that and maybe some other things, but this is a fun offseason episode. There's tons of things to talk about. Um, loving some content where there's going to be some really fun, interesting discussions. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spires Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Head on down the throughway, get off at exit 41 at Delago Resort and Casino, and check out the sportsbook there, where every moment is a winning moment there. So I'm joined with this episode by my co host, John. John, how the heck are you, man? Doing great. Go Bills. This is the year, right? Super Bowl. This this feels I mean, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And and, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, things that are going on that we're gonna discuss today. Uh but first let's get into it. Um the biggest I, you know, this just happened yesterday, so like it's funny, I didn't find out of it. I was out at a festival around town and the one guy's like, Oh yeah, you're a Bills fan. By the way, I don't tell anyone that I do a podcast. John, do you ever tell any anyone that you know that you do a podcast? Like friends? I mean, not family because they probably know, but like friends, coworkers, associates, anything like that. Uh, a couple, but not not that. You probably often. don't go out of your way to mention it, right? Because like, who, no one really cares except for a few close friends, right? right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I do. So I don't mention it. And he's just like, "Oh yeah, you're a Bills fan, aren't you?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I dabble. <laughs> I think they're all right." And he says, "Did you hear that they extended at Oliver?" And I had no idea. I'd been at that festival for like two hours. And not checking my phone, you know, I didn't really have good service. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And 
I was kind of surprised. I did not see this coming. Brandon Bean continues to surprise us, whether it's drafting, you know, guards in the second round or even offensive players in the first round or, you know, getting guys like maybe like a Von Miller last year. I mean, he just seems to be, uh, you know, we don't really know him. Like, we think we know him sometimes, and then he does things that are a little... I could kind of see this Ed Oliver signing coming or extension coming because the Bills don't have any defensive tackles past Ed Oliver. Uh, after the 2023 season, um, it was one of his, you know, first picks. Uh, it was one of his highest picks in the NFL, and it was like they needed him. I think they like him. It's his guy. They wanted to extend him. Um, John, four-year, $68 million, reportedly $45 million guaranteed. Um, so what's funny is the guaranteed money of 45 is the sixth most amongst active defensive tackle contracts but if you take into account his fifth year option this year and you know the extension like it it rounds out to roughly i think it's like 16 million or something like that 15 16 million uh but what's funny about it is when you look at it from that perspective joe biscalia mentioned that it was like the 16th highest paid per year average contract for all def- interior defensive linemen so it's kind of like a, a, a skew of like oh he's a top six now he's top you know, 15 or whatever, top 16 or whatever. I'll start off with you, John, just in general. What were your thoughts when you found out about Ed Oliver's extension? Did you like it? Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I was not expecting it. Um, I, I didn't think, I think I, like in, I had it in my head that like, oh, they, they didn't get Edmonds this year. They're not going to get Oliver next year. And I already kind of, um, you know, had that all in my head, but like you said, they didn't have any defensive tackles signed past this year, and they didn't draft anybody. <laughs> so it's like they had to do something. Um, but no, that's that's pretty cool. That uh, detail about like when you with the extension that includes this this coming year. Um, so that's a pretty cool stat. Um, the only question I have is, does this affect us getting DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> Well, let's get into DeAndre Hopkins in a minute. Actually, you know what? Let's 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 address that right now. Um, I don't think it looks good. You know, there were reports uh, about from Tim Graham with uh, several executives that were you know unknown or unnamed sources that were like, yeah, the uh, I don't think the Bills are in it. They just don't have the cap. And with DeAndre Hopkins, it's one of those things where he's only thirty years old, so it's not like he's at the very end of his career. And I think you'd agree with me, John. It's just like the guys that are chasing rings are more in that like 35, 36, 37 range where they only have like a year or two left. They're not necessarily the guys that can get another huge contract like DeAndre Hopkins can. Like DeAndre Hopkins, at his age, only being 30, he could get a probably a four or five year contract for like, you know, top five, top 10 money. So you think he will, though? Like, I mean, yes, I think he will. He has, he has. He's got injury history. He's really, really late in the free agency here, right? Everybody's already set. Like the Ravens probably would have grabbed him if, if, but they got Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. now, so they're not going to do it. I mean, yeah, like everybody's set now. He's gonna, like, I assume he's gonna get a one-year deal somewhere, yeah, and then get get another contract the year after that from from somewhere in like real free agency period you know i think it's definitely late you're you're 100 right but that doesn't mean that someone couldn't do maybe a two-year contract where they shift a lot of that money to the second year like a lot of these teams will have cap space they're probably all pro- pretty close i'd imagine um but i mean i could I mean, doing... i mean if the you keep seeing everywhere chiefs bills chiefs bills and the 
the Chiefs aren't any better off than we are money-wise. In fact, I think, well, I don't know what it is after Oliver, but we might have been a little bit better. Um, so the Chiefs are have one mil- yeah, $1.1 million in cap space. And yeah, yeah. With the, the bills are the bills were hovering right around that even before the Ed Oliver contract. Maybe they're yeah. one point seven, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think we had more cash, but that we were with similar cap numbers. I think so. Right now, we don't know what the the full details are, so it's not in spot track. But um, it's at one point four million for the bills, so only three hundred thousand more, <laughs> four hundred thousand more. Right. So I mean, if those are the top two teams, that's not going to be a factor like the money, right? If if we're going to be potentially similar looking contracts unless he goes somewhere else. Well, I think it also matters on what their cap situation looks like after this season. So like the bills in 2024, they have negative 31 million in cap mm-hmm. space. That's a, that's not ideal. It's not ideal. Well, I'm, I'm still assuming he's just getting a one year deal somewhere. <laughs> and then yeah. next year he's, he'll get, a, you know, something, something a little bit more. But do, So if there is a, if there's a time to get a one year deal, I mean, that would make sense that, why not come here if you're going to take a, a discount? But it's just a matter of how much of a discount. Is it a difference between eight million and six million, or is it a difference between like eight million and two million, or whatever? You know, like there's no way. I mean, he would go. What's the worst team in the NFL right now? I, I I'm trying to think. Uh, it was the Bears. Arizona. Arizona is a hot mess. Arizona. Well, he <laughs> he wouldn't go there. But like you know, if if a team if a team similar to Arizona. Was like you know we'll offer Washington's you eight million. Not Washington, good. <laughs> not. But if they had more cap space, you think he wouldn't just play for Washington for one season? You know, I'll take an eight million dollar contract over a four million dollar contract in Buffalo. I think that that's how he would review it, or at least that's how I would view it. Uh, if I were him, I think we would all kind of view it that way. If someone's like you know, here's a fifty thousand dollar job or a hundred thousand dollar job, like in real money terms, I mean, you'd be like. Well, it's only for one year, fifty thousand. Be like, I want a hundred thousand dollars this year. You know, like I don't want to wait another year before I can make more. Of that. I don't know. It depends. Like he could have, you know, a, a banner year with the Bills or Chiefs, or have a. Well, I shouldn't say that because he played on two really bad teams and was good. So, yeah, you know, it scares me too. I was reading that Tim Graham article, and he mentioned I. I never think of Stefan Diggs as a diva at all. I think he's. I think he's a pretty selfless teammate for the most part, but we've seen like just bits and pieces of it, right? Like in the like there was that Detroit Lions game last year, the Thanksgiving game where like he was frustrated he wasn't getting the ball and then he finally got the ball, so like the squeaky wheel got the grease that game. He ended up getting like the game-saving catch that set up that field goal, right? And then you think about the Bengals game where, you know, like he wasn't happy, he's yelling at Josh Allen. Like, you know, to us as Bills fans it doesn't really matter. We don't really think about that that much. But Add DeAndre Hopkins into the locker room, and obviously this, you know, the team gets more talented, no, no doubt. The wide receiving room, but I mean, there's two alphas there all of a sudden, and how would either of them do? I mean, you and I were doing this exercise right before we got on to to record. We were looking at just ballparking how many targets Dawson Knox is going to get, right? Like we didn't think about adding a DeAndre Hopkins in there. Like obviously, it takes over. Gabriel Davis's role, right? Like there's, or, or, you know, one of, or they switch roles, Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, whatever. One of them takes over his targets, right? But those targets are like, you know, 60, 70 targets less than Stefan Diggs had if you would count all of Gabriel Davis's targets. So which one's going to be okay with, you know, taking the, 
does does Diggs go from 155 targets to 120 targets? Is he going to be okay with that? You know. Well, I think part of it is like winning winning cures all is one thing and the bills won a lot of games last year but there were a lot of close games that should have been very close and i i'm thinking Diggs was probably putting a lot on himself much like josh allen does a lot of the time is that just throw me the ball i'll figure it out we'll take care of it we'll get it done because they didn't have the best supporting cast i think um that might have been part of it yeah true so it's it's not something I truly fear, but it's it's in the back of my head. Like you know, put two alphas together, we'll see how that goes. You know, two two of the best. I mean, two potentially top ten wide receivers in the same roster. It could be it could be a lot of fun, but it could also be somewhat explosive under the the wrong circumstances. Like you said, they're winning. Everyone's doing well. It's okay because if you think about it, the two times that Devon Diggs did have those run-ins were when they weren't winning or when they he thought that they could you know, take care of business. It wasn't, he wasn't doing it when they're up 35, nothing or anything like that. And he's just like, come on, man, I need a pass. He didn't care. You're right. So winning does cure all. And, and uh, yeah, I just, so I'm at the point now, I know we're going to get back to uh, Ed Oliver in a minute, but uh, I'm at the point now where I'm okay not getting DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you have to be, there's 31 other teams in the NFL. Well, probably 30. Cause like we say, he's not going back to Arizona. So there's 30 other teams in the NFL besides the bills that he could go to. And, it's like as long as he doesn't go in the like Chiefs or the Bengals, I don't think he's going to go to the Bengals, but like if he doesn't go to the Chiefs or like he doesn't become another target for like Justin Herbert, like another really good quarterback in the AFC, which it feels like AFC has all of them. So like just don't go to, you know, the Chargers or, you know, even Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Like I don't, Trevor Lawrence doesn't need DeAndre Hopkins. You know, like I think it automatically boasts one of those teams that maybe is just like a wild card team to be like a divisional round playoff team easily. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I come off on it. Where I'm, I don't have a whole lot more to say about DeAndre Hopkins. Does that make sense? John, do you like, do you agree with that? No KC, no, no chargers, no Jaguars, anyone that's good. <laughs> if we decent. Yeah. You know, one way to prevent that, decide, decide on yourself. And then you, <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best offense is a good defense, right? So, our best defense is a good, whatever the other one, the one that makes sense in this application. <laughs> um, so back to Ed Oliver, John, you liked it. You liked the, the pick or you liked the extension rather. Um, they get him for another four years for all the things that you mentioned. I'm, I'm lukewarm on it. Okay. So I'm kind of, I have mixed feelings. I'm, it's funny because if I, every article I read about Ed Oliver from people that watch the film say he's really good, right? But from the outside in, from someone who only watches the game real time for the most part, it's like, I just don't see a game changer there. You know what I mean? So when we were originally talking contracts, you know, over the winter or whatever, or when it's ever been brought up, like top five money, he wants top five. Absolutely not. I do not. He does not deserve top five money, right? Like we, we talk about, I've talked about like Quinn and Williams on the Jets. Like the dude wrecks the Bills game plan. Like Ed Oliver has never wrecked anyone else's game plan. Like specifically, I'm sure he's a good uh, role player. I'm sure he does his job well. Like he's solid, but he's not spectacular. You know what I mean? Kind of reminds me a little bit of Tremaine Edmonds. Like, but even Tremaine Edmonds would have some splash plays here and there. But it's never like you know this guy's. This guy makes takes the defense to a whole other level, right? Like, he's another guy where, like, everything around him has to be perfect. He has to have Greg Rousseau on one side and Von Miller on the other side. And then he starts to produce. And it's just like, you know, I would just, 
I, I just want more, you know? So I'm, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping for in this extension is that, first of all, if, like it said, top 16 money, that's okay. Maybe a little bit high, but not, not a terrible, like, you know, uh, amount of money to spend on a player like that. What I'm hoping, though, is is that he goes from wherever he's at right now, talent-wise, and he still has another another gear or two to get up to. Because then you're like, now you're now you're making out on this contract. Now you can actually like look at that contract and be like, we're we're saving money because of how well Ed Oliver is doing. I think where the contract is right now is like about his level, maybe a little bit higher. Maybe he's paying it a little bit more than what he's actually producing at this level. So you're hoping for more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I do like <clears throat> the combination of Oliver and Daquan Jones, and like when Jones was injured, I think they suffered a little bit there, and it could have been who they were playing too. But um, like if they can keep something like that intact, I think that would be really good. Um, obviously, on the defensive end side of the ball, they have all kinds of issues because nobody's developed at all, and Von Miller got injured. So, oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go right well, – let's go into Von Miller in two seconds. But first, I want to talk about this poll I did on Twitter uh, where I – after the Von Miller – or I'm sorry, the Ed Oliver extension was signed, I shared a poll on Twitter that said, you know, what are your thoughts on the Ed Oliver deal? So A was love it, B hate it, and then the last option was just meh, like whatever. Like it's it's okay. It's not great. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It, it it's fine, right? And – John, I'm sharing my screen with you so you see it. So what would you say that you're in? I mean, you know what the results are, but what would you say you in? Are, are you in the love it, hate it, or meh like area of of the deal? Um, I, I'd say love it, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, I love it. I, yeah, I'm more meh. Like, I'm like, I, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Like, I'm pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm not upset at it. I, we, we needed the depth. You know, we had, that, that, that's okay, right? So the the number one response with 65, 66% of the answers was meh, right? Like, so they're just like, eh, don't love it, don't hate it. 22% love it and 11% hate it. So obviously more people liking it than loving it than hating it, which is kind of what I assumed. Um, And read a couple of quick responses. Um, MJZ writes, he says, he's not an interior defensive tackle. He's too small. Move him to the edge. More impact. He's more capable of beating most offensive tackles. Wow, that's an interesting take. Um, I think, now I'm not a football expert. I'm not a draft analyst. I'd have to talk to uh, Max Owens like we had a couple of weeks ago for the last couple of weeks before this episode. I think it might have to do with his arms. I think his arms might be too short to play defensive end. He's a short guy in general, but... No, I, I heard that exact same statement. Um, somebody called into One Bills Live some several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What they say? And I wish I re- and I wish I remember what Steve Tasker said in response. <laughs> oh, you're such a tease, but he, John. <laughs> but it, um, but no, it alluded to like just like, um, like where like where like how everything fits on the line and like where, where like I, oh, I really wish I remember what he said. Well, I guess I shouldn't have brought it up. Then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I would really love to hear what Tasker thinks about moving Ed Oliver to the edge. If I had to guess what Chris Brown and 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 uh, Steve Tasker would say about that, is that they're probably like, "Well, you're moving him to a position where he has little experience in, so you're not, you know, he might not be able to set the edge as well as you think, you know, all that stuff, like all the things that are entailed with that." I, de- there's, I de- there's a lot of nuance with all these positions, like. It, it, you know, you play your whole life at one position, and then it's like, 
Exactly. And he's playing a different position from college. At college, he played straight up zero nose tackle, right? Like right over the center. Oh, it's, yeah. And so, like, yeah. it was a kind of a big adjustment from moving him from, you know, nose tackle in Houston to, like, three tech defensive tackle. It was a projection at that point. Now you're talking about moving him to defensive end? <laughs> like, I mean, it's it, it may be an amazing thing, but it more than likely probably not going to work out. Probably not going to be better than what you have, at least. So a couple of other things. Matthew uh, writes, as long as it creates a good chunk of cap space, he does play well at times, and he does cause havoc that st- that stats don't show. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to trust you on that one because I don't see a whole lot of havoc being wrought. Like, I'm sure he's good against the run or, you know, whatever, like, the guys, I'm sure the cover one guys say, and, and Joe Biscalia and everyone else that, like, you know, watches like they like him, right? Like he's he's good, he's really good. It's just for people like us that watch the game live. It just, John, you know, I always wanted Ed Oliver to be like a step up from Kyle Williams. You know what I mean? Like he, they play basically the same position, and Kyle Williams, he probably wasn't nearly as solid at all the other things that we don't see live at the football games. Like he doesn't he, he doesn't do all those things that Ed Oliver does. But I feel like he has more splash plays than Ed Oliver does as well. I mean, Ed Oliver in four seasons has only had 14 and a half sacks. So you're talking like three sacks, three and a half sacks a year. Like, that's not that's not great. That's not a whole lot of, okay, so how many tackles for loss, stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. That was my big complaint against uh, Tremaine Edmonds and not re-signing him was the splash plays or, you know, areas like, like we really could have used uh, Ed Oliver when... The Bengals had, you know, three backup offensive interior linemen, right, or whatever, and and he was nowhere to be found. They ran at will, and there was no pressure, and you're just like, you know, Ed, like, I like you. I want to love you. You shouldn't need everything perfect around you. You shouldn't need the Daquan Jones next to you or, or maybe even a Puna Ford. You don't need to have the perfect guy next to you in order to make an impact. But, you know, I'm not a defensive tackle, a defensive line expert. Maybe that you truly do need everyone around you, but... Uh, but if he did have that, then he'd be worth a lot more than you know the seventeen million or whatever on average, eighteen million on average that he's going to get for the next five years. <laughs> Bomber writes the Knox and Oliver deals are ridiculously stupid. <laughs> it's it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. John, would you pay someone fourteen million? It's it's kind of like that's another thing about Dawson Knox does a lot of things that aren't being shown. Like it's not the catches. It's not the touchdowns. Like he's being paid 14 million a year for like the stuff that we don't necessarily see the blocking and, and whatnot. And it's like, would you pay someone $14 million a year for 521 yards receiving? Like that's not ideal, right? Like it's, I, 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 as much as I, as much as I think that's a funny take, like there is a little bit of truth to what bomber said does seem like a lot it does seem like a lot that's 32 million dollars between knox and oliver this next season for solid guys solid solid if unspectacular you know here's a here's a good question if and, and i haven't looked at dawson knox's uh contract like if, if in a couple of years if dalton kincaid like really takes on like maybe they have an out with him that they could they could drop dawson knox because i mean the reason why they have Dalton Kincaid is they don't have a they don't have a slot receiver, so he kind of takes care of that. But anyway, I don't I don't know. John John, someone brought up a really interesting point on Twitter. Um, 
Here, let me read Connor, Connor Rutledge's uh, comment first. I understand that Bills Mafia will not like the signing, but when you look, the potential upside of Oliver is worth the payday. Buffalo needs long-term D-linemen, and this is the start. Agree 100%, Connor. I just wish that uh, that we saw a lot more of that potential now, or we could trust that he'll actually meet that potential. So, John, so someone brought up something interesting on Twitter. They said, you're basically paying... Ed Oliver, the same amount per year as Tremaine Edmonds over the span, right? Like average yearly salary. They said Tremaine Edmonds wasn't worth the $17 million a year that he got from Chicago, but Ed Oliver's worth the $18 million a year for Buffalo. Like where is where's that logic coming from? And I thought that was an interesting take, just money to money. I mean, positions aren't equally. The, the Bills, I think, just value. It must be they value the defensive tackle that much more than they value middle linebacker. Even if he's good, even at, like, like if they if they're in my opinion, they're both like probably on the same level talent wise. Um, I wouldn't say one is like leaps and bounds ahead of the other. Maybe a little bit more, bit more one than the other, but like about the same. They they just I think they just value that three tick defensive tackle, and I think Sean McDermott kind of always has in his in his offense where he doesn't have Luke Kuechly. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because now I think about it, at one point were we talking about like Edmonds or Oliver, like they weren't going to get them both or something like that. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, between the two. Um, I'm still happy. I, I think I think I'd still choose Oliver over Edmonds. Um, but again, but then again, Edmonds, if you're signing Edmonds, you're also thinking he can he can get to another level as well. Like he hasn't reached his ceiling as well. And that's what a lot of people were saying. Well, about he's, him. St- he's still he's still so young. So, you know. <laughs> He can't even drink yet. He's like twenty years old, right? Like it's, <laughs> he's five years into the league. He's he's like nineteen, I think, still. Uh, <laughs> so, John Von Miller. Let's go. Let's let's. We talked about DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about Ed Oliver. Let's go into Von Miller. So, Von Miller um, said uh, recently uh, via News Nine's Nine News is Mike Kliss. Now I have no idea where Nine News is. Uh, I don't believe that's a Buffalo station. I've never heard of it. If it is, uh, he asked him about him coming back for week one. And Miller said, I, you know, I love guarantees. It's me. It's Vaughn. I love guarantees. I want to play. In 2013, I had ACL surgery in January, and I played at the beginning of August in the preseason. So that put me around seven, eight months. And 10 years removed from that, 2023, I have a whole new outlook. I know exactly where I'm supposed to be at two months, four months, six months. And in the position where I'm at now, I feel great. I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm ready to go at the start of the season. So, John, after hearing that, after discussing uh, you know, where you thought he would be beforehand, do, do you feel any more optimistic that he'll be ready for week one for the regular season after like literally, I mean, we just saw Trey white go down in the same Thanksgiving game a year earlier and him take all the way till Thanksgiving basically to, to come back. And then, you know, now we're talking about Von Miller coming back like for week one. So essentially 10, 11 weeks earlier than Tredavious white, two completely different athletes. I get it. Two different positions, but I mean, are you, are you a little skeptical when Von says that? Or are you thinking like, man, let's go like, this is, this is it. With all due respect to Von Miller, he's he's when somebody says that they're about to get disrespected. <laughs> it's like not it's not like they interviewed the doctor, right? Like right. what what did Von Miller say last year after he got hurt? Ah, oh, maybe I'll miss one week. Definitely be back after after you know the next game, and th- then he was done. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> like come on, 
He didn't even know if he tore his ACL. He said he felt great. <laughs> Just like, no. <laughs> he felt great. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be starting in a week. Oh, no, out for the season. <laughs> ACL surgery. You know, yeah. <laughs> With all due respect to Devon Miller, he doesn't know. Any- no, I'm yeah, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not super optimistic on that front. I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great. It'd be I think- a pleasant surprise if that happens. <laughs> Isn't that kind of where you get your mind set into, right? Like, if you're a Bills fan, and, like, we want him back as soon as possible, but being realistic, like, you have to figure at least what Tredavious White did. Like, if you're being anything before that, to me as a Bills fan at least, is gravy, right? Like, it's just, that's just, you know, um, icing on the cake. I, I would love if he came back before the end of the season. If not, dude, I just want him back for the postseason. That's my bare minimum, and anything before that, it would be spectacular. 100% 100% for him. I remember watching Tredavious White do warm-ups at training camp, and people are like, he looks good. He might be ready to start. Every, and then every look what happened. Week. You know, like, we don't every know anything. Week. And it probably drove him nuts, too, because hearing all that from everybody, it's like, oh, he looks good. Is he come back this week? <laughs> every single week. Well, I'd argue that people are doing the same thing about DeMar Hamlin, too. You know, they're like seeing him do side, you know, drills and OTAs. Like, he's right. Like, dude, he may never play another down again. Like, you you have to – we thought, don't know for sure. We just cleared. don't know. Like, So he is, but, I mean, you just you you just don't know. Like, there's a possibility, like, yeah, psychologically, he might not want mentally. To. Like, he, yeah. he, he, he might get to a point or have a scary thing. Like, how phys- physically, I think nail-biting – physically, you're right, correct. Like, and his doctors, I believe, did tell him – at a press conference, he mentioned, like, they think it's good for him to play because there's really no worry about it. But, I mean, don't you – like, it's going to be a nail-biting experience the first time, whether it's in training camp or whatever, when he puts the pads on and does actual contact drills for the first time since the incident. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 just going to be a little nerve-wracking, but he gets that first hit in, and I think everything's going to be fine. It's just a matter of getting to that. I'm thinking he's going to play everything that leads, you know, that everything that's happened since then has led me to believe that. Like, I remember when the night that it happened, like one of our listeners, Mark, who we've actually had on the podcast before, um, super cool guy. He's in the uh, he's in healthcare and he deals with people that have had, you know, cardiac incidents. And I remember messaging him. He was messaging me that night. I was messaging him back from uh, the podcast Twitter thing. And he's like, if. They did CPR on time, and if they did the AED when they needed to, he's going to be absolutely fine. Like, it's going to work out. But, I mean, we didn't know for days, you know, or hours at least, that, you know, he was going to live. So, Mark is right. Everything that he set up until this point has been fine. He's he's gotten over that. Uh, you know, he's he survived. Like, there's no reason for me to think. But, but we don't know. That's the thing. You know, like, I'm hoping he is. Right. I'm hopeful. But I'm not well, guaranteeing. I mean, he, either way, he's probably going to play significantly less. I mean, well, he started 14 games, right? So, like, if if Hyde's healthy, Poyer's healthy, and they sign Taylor Rapp, like, you're not going to play a lot do you anyway. Think, do you think – no, exactly. He might start on the pop. Like, you never know. Like, I mean, I mean, can you, can you start on the pop? Like, can you start for that reason? Like, the, just the, the, the cardiac first incident? Physically, like, I don't know. You know, and he's, if he is able to perform physically, then I don't think – True, but I don't know. True, but they they might have guidelines that said like if your heart stopped beating in the last year, then you're you know you'd be exempt from you know the active roster. I have no idea, uh, but yeah. So Von Miller, I'm <laughs> like you said, no respect, no disrespect. I, let's I'll wait till I see it. 
But what's funny is I put a poll on Twitter, John. I love I love putting polls on Twitter. By the way, if you're not following us at CTW Pod, please do at Circling the Wagons Pod. Basically, um, I mean everyone was getting kind of hyped about Von Miller starting, and this is like I put up this uh, this poll like three weeks ago before any of these statements were even mentioned, and I was like, you know, people seem to be optimistic about you know you you kind of get the rumblings from the social media and the crowd, Bills Mafia. Like, it seems like they're pretty optimistic about Von Miller coming back week one. Like, that seems soon. I was like, okay, let me put it up to a poll. Let me see if they really do think that. Because there are lots of times, John, where it's like the loudest people are the minority. You know, like, they're just the people that are just the loudest, right? Like, we all agree on something, and there's just people like, no, no, that's not it. And they're just the loudest people of the group. But it doesn't mean that the majority agrees with them. It just means they're the loudest. So, in this instance... Uh, I asked, will Von Miller be back before Thanksgiving this season? I didn't say week one. I said Thanksgiving. You think I should do a live poll right now, John? You want me to do that? After this, after I give out these poll results, I'm going to give a live When is live the bye week in relation to Thanksgiving? I want to say it's... Good question. I want to say it's like week 13 or something. It is week 13. Oh, good job, Nate. Yeah, week 13. So you think it's going to be, which is after Thanksgiving, so... You're thinking that's the week? You, you, how week does 14? it work? Before or after? Not on? Oh, wait. They don't play on. They don't play on. I said, season, sure. no, no, they don't play on. So I said in this poll, I said, will Von Miller be back before Thanksgiving this season? And 81% people of people said just a few weeks ago, yes, he will be back. Which to me, I'm kind of like, wow, I didn't think it would be that many. I thought it'd be a little bit less, but maybe I'm more conservative with like timelines and yeah, stuff like that. I mean, you know? I would think 50-50. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not. I mean, like you said, white was a year. And then this yep. would be a year also using the Thanksgiving marker. So you would think maybe maybe 75, 80% is about right. Yeah, yeah. But I said before Thanksgiving, so they must think he was like on track to, to beat Trey White's, you know, view. So so then, you know, 90% said no. So the majority, why don't I, why don't I tweet this out so we can, we can end the podcast after we talk about maybe one or two more things. Brandon Shell signing. Um, how do we want to word this tweet that I'm going to send out? Uh, will Von Miller be active for the Bills week one? Will Von Miller actually be active? Because <laughs> if you ask him, he's definitely going to be there. But um, there's something to be said for what I, I I like that he mentioned. Like I know my body, I know my body. I've been through this before. I I know the timelines I'm supposed to hit, which it sounds like he's hitting all of them. If he's like you know mentioning it like that, he's like I know I need to be here. He's like I know my body. The problem is with Von is it's like that was ten years ago. Like you were. You know, you were so much younger. Von Miller is what thirty four now. Yeah, he's thirty four years old now. He just turned thirty four. So, like, there's there's got to be something said to that for that for getting older. I mean, we know, like, as soon as you hit your thirties, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you dislocate your elbow sneezing, right? So, it's <laughs> granted we've never been elite athletes like Von Miller, and Von Miller might be built completely differently. I mean, remember Adrian Peterson tore his ACL and what, Christmas game or something? And then he was back for week one, crushing it. So I'm going to word it like this. Uh, will Von Miller actually be active for a week, Bill's week one? John, if you had to guess, what do you think people are going to say? We'll just put that out there right now. What are the options again? <laughs> oh, you're muted. Will Von Miller be back before week one? That's the only yes one? Yes or no. <laughs> oh, no, you know what? I, I didn't make it a poll. Whoops. Let me delete that <clears throat> say tweet. No. I can't do more than one thing at once. You say the majority say no. I think the majority are going to say yes. And I'm going to give this poll length one hour. People are going to be too optimistic and say yes. 
You're 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 right. I think they're going to be too optimistic and say yes. I mean, you and I. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I would love it. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Let's uh, let's slow our roll here, Vaughn. So, okay, we'll 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 read that toll uh, poll as we go on that Twitter poll. Um, and one of the last things I think we're going to get to, John, is the Bills signing right tackle Brandon Shell to the roster. This is another one-year deal. Brandon Bean specialty, one-year deal. Uh, they added more protection, offensive tackle. Brandon Shell signed to a one-year deal. He started 11 games and played in 13 last year for Miami at right tackle. Shell also played for the Seahawks in 2020 and 2021 and the Jets between 2016 and 2019. The eight-year vet has started 72 games and played in 83 throughout his career. The uh, He spent most of his time at right tackle. He was originally a fifth-round pick by the Jets in 2016 draft um, at the University of South Carolina. Uh, what's interesting about this, John, is first off, do you like do you like this uh, do you like this signing? When you saw it, it was was it a pleasant surprise? Or you're like, who cares? I think it's good. <clears throat> Anytime you can get a guy um, like that, who you know, I mean, any, any depth is good, right? Bottom line, absolutely. <laughs> so I think so. One of our listeners, yes, and uh, tweeted at us, and he's like, you know, at CTW Pod. What what's the deal with Brandon Shell? Is he is is he you know? Do you like the signing or not? One of the things I like to do is unless I have familiarity watching, and of course he played for the Dolphins for two years and the Jets for three years. I don't remember the guy at all. This just goes to show you how well I pay attention. But uh, what I like to do, John, and I think you'll agree, is that uh, you know I like to go to SB Nation and I like to go to. The opposing team's SB Nation site and find out what they think. I love going to the comment section because they will be truthfully honest. And so here are some of the comments um, from the site. It's like we should call this. We should call this a segment, John. With a bill sign a free agent from another team, it should be like going behind enemy enemy lines or something like that, you know. And this this uh, Dolphins fan says Shell was a hell of a find at the time we signed him, and he turned in a decent year. But what's supposed to be a good football team? These are the kind of you know, moves that you have to make, unfortunately. Another person said, it's strange why Shell wasn't brought back to at least compete for the starting right tackle spot or perhaps the left guard spot if that was in his scope. Can we honestly say we are ruling out Shell as a competitive option while we give Jackson another try, which is, I believe that Jackson is the third year uh, right tackle. Shell is eight years older, but still at a very capable age to play a position that Jackson barely has a clue on how to play. So already... John, I'm loving this 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 pickup because Dolphins fans are like, are we really sure we want to trust our guy at right tackle when really we you know this guy was halfway decent like so loving it already. And then this other guy, this, this is the last comment I'm going to read. Well, dang, there's a slap in the face if he is a key contributor for Buffalo and Jackson pulls his usual disappointing act. This will not go over well in Miami. So that's just like. It's just like, like you know, just <laughs> it's just delicious to see. It's kind of a weird way to say it. <laughs> Strike that from the record. <laughs> delicious. It's just like such a such an incredible way to uh, hear Dolphins fans being like, man, hopefully he doesn't, you know, turn the corner with the Bills and like become a. Because if you're looking for the Bills, don't need a starter right tackle necessarily. So when Yasin texted or you know tweeted at us, I responded saying. At bare minimum, he is right tackle 
he's in the right tackle competition with David Questenberry, right? Like those are the guys, you know, and possibly Tommy Doyle if he gets back from his ACL injury in time, which there's no guarantee at all for that. Um, so he's at the right tackle competition with David Questenberry as of now, which he could easily be a step up, which I would assume he's a step up if he played halfway decent in Miami. Whereas I don't think any of us look at Questenberry and be like, dude, that guy played halfway decent for us. I think he's, I think it's just okay camp body. I don't think you ever want David Questenberry to start. So you enter Brandon Shell, who has position, you know, experience in the position, halfway decent player. There's a small possibility that he might compete with Spencer Brown at right tackle. Small, 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 small. <laughs> itty bitty, but keep it in the back of your head. Because if there's a point where Brandon, like I, I completely expect Brandon Shell to make the team. I expect he's going to make it over David Questenberry. That's just what I'm saying now in the beginning of June. And I think that if Spencer Brown struggles at that position and the Bills, you know, are getting good level of talent from Deion Dawkins as a bounce back here, you're talking about the interior of the offensive line being the best it's ever been since John, since Kent Hull, like Jim Richer, like Will Wolford, John Davis time frame. I think Will Wolford was a tackle. So like, you know, you're talking Kent Hull, John Davis, you know, Jim Richer, like those guys, like this is the best interior offensive line they've ever had. If, Spencer Brown is the one that's killing them on the right side and guys are getting around him. I think that they're going to look at Brandon Shell and be like, this this guy's going to just replace Spencer Brown if he can't get his act together. So um, in talking with Max Owens the last couple of weeks on the podcast, uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in Spencer Brown. I haven't really had some, but listening to him talk about it, he's like, dude, he's like, you're one of the most athletic guys on the field. You're six foot eight. He's like, you have incredible athletic skills. He's like, and you're getting beat with core strength, meaning like guys are just taking like their one arm and just pushing you to the ground. He's like, that shouldn't happen to like a guy of your size and your athletic ability. Like, you know, so and, and after talking with him, he's just like, I don't feel comfortable at all with Spencer Brown. He's like, that's one of the biggest needs on the team besides defensive tackle. So anyway, that's just my take on it. That's just my two cents. I like to look at where these guys compete now and where they could potentially be in the future. A lot of these guys, you're just like, you know, like seventh round pick Alex Austin, the cornerback. You're like, he might be able to make the roster as a special teamer. Like you would, it would be really cool if he somehow became a safety, but you're talking complete superlatives. Like there's no way that's, it's not no way that's not going to happen, but it's unlikely. Whereas Brandon Shell, like there's more of a likelihood in my opinion that he could be the starting right tackle at some point in the season. Over Spencer Brown. That's just my two cents. Wow. <laughs> hot take? <laughs> Spicy takes. <laughs> Spicy. Okay, so it's not hot. It's yeah, like slightly. What, what what rate? What scale of that of spiciness would you give that take? Would it be like what would be the highest one? Would that be like Ghost Pepper or Carolina Reaper? Or what I I don't know what that's. Hmm. Maybe instead of by pepper, we should do it by like dish. Like you, you could have like you could Ooh, have like, like it. chicken is a level or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many like. Like Mine many, is like... sushi with wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of wasabi, though. Not not too much wasabi. Just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. John, how about next week? I was going to talk about the Madden thing with Josh Allen this week. Let's wait till next week. That one's not going away unless we find out for sure that he's actually on the cover. But there have been rumors that Josh Allen would. So I want to talk the about the Madden over. curse. I want to talk Forget about it. Just... Forget it. <laughs> Should we just end the podcast and not even watch, not even turn on our TV this year? <laughs> Whatever. It's done. Toasted. His 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 UCL, you know, comes back for it. So 
I, I want to save that a little bit for next week because we've already we're, we've already done a good amount of time for this one. But um, that'll be a fun discussion. It'll be a fun discussion. And maybe Mike will be back next week too, so we can talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, yeah. John, is there anything else that I missed? Anything that you want to add? Any final thoughts before we uh, we end this wonderful podcast? How the, how the we talked about. On that. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you for reminding me. I'm going to share my screen so you don't think that I'm lying to you because I know that you and Mike you don't know, trust me. You know, when you me. share a screen, I can never see anything. Just you know. Oh, you it's can't so see anything tiny. anyway. Okay, it's I'm so going to stop sharing. Like I... <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> okay, let's see. Hold on. Okay, John. So what we said? Will Von Miller actually be active for Week One? What did we say? We thought most people would say yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we were. I, I thought the same thing. We're both wrong. Seventy-three percent. You made me no. change my vote. And Twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave you good reasons why, right? <laughs> um, so a couple of responses were: I think you'll be on the pup list and activated week six. Um, that was from Bills Mafia Rochester. Leston T. Harris said, or I'm sorry, Easton T. Harris said, I still believe that he's going to start on the pup list and come back for week seven or eight. Yeah. Cause even, um, even if yeah, you're so, off the pup list, you're not going to play right away. Cause you're going to pr- practice for a few weeks. So like just same thing with white. So I think that's more likely. I like, I like what th- the people that commented that makes complete sense. Week six, week seven. And that'd be perfectly fine with me. Cause that still beats what I internally, you know, developed in my head as the base. I was thinking like mid December, as like after that, it's like okay, something went wrong. Like that seems a little too long, right? If he takes longer than Tre'Davious White, you're like, okay, that's an issue, you know. Mm-hmm. But still, as long as he comes back for the postseason, all right, John. Anything you want to add? I'm glad you reminded me of that. We would have totally ended this podcast if he like, uh, you know, I'd have to edit that in later. <laughs> the results of the uh, of the poll are seventy three percent say yes, and twenty eight percent say no. <laughs> <laughs> cool well it's been fun talking to you john as always and, and as always this episode is brought to you by the twin spire sportsbook at delago uh if you're in the western new york or central new york area you guys have t- heard us talk about this for three years i wouldn't lie to you we've been there probably a dozen times it is if the only reason i don't go there more often is just because you know i just I don't know. I actually, I, I, I don't know why I don't go more there more often. <laughs> like the only reason I don't is because it's a little bit of a drive. But every time my wife and I drive down Route 90, we're taking the kids with us. You're like, hey, you want to stop at Delago? Like that would be fun, you know. So, uh, so I can't wait to go there. I think they have a new steak and shake in that area too. So, like, man, Waterloo is just booming. If you got to invest in a town, Waterloo, <laughs> New York. So, uh, signing off. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. Signing off for John. Uh, Vaughn, if you're listening to this, I take it all back. I love you. Go Bills. <laughs> and for me, Nate, I take back nothing, Vaughn. <laughs> My name is Mike. I'm uh, the co-host of this podcast. <laughs> and uh, and you can find me at... Uh, <laughs> I'll just... Uh, one, two, five... <laughs> Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, maybe we'll talk some Madden curse and uh, go Bills. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Hey, hey.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>